0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. Ooh, oh boy, oh boy. Let me tell you, the internet and technology and life was really attempting to make this particular episode with Jay not happen. But we persevered, we pushed through, we made it happen. However, I must say, there is a little bit of crackly weirdness. The first 14 minutes or so uh, on Jay's side, can't explain it, don't know why, but we cut, we come back, you'll hear us talk about why we were so insistent on making this episode a reality. It was absolutely bonkers trying to get this episode recorded. However, it's good, the conversation's fun, and Jay's a good dude. So, on with the show.
1: Friendship, family, commitment.
0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and people behind it, and today I have finally, like surely this is the time, I have Jay Leonard Watko, who you all know better as Jay Leonard J. so hi Jay,
1: how you doing? I'm doing okay, I'm doing okay, today I'm feeling confident about this one. This is gonna go very okay. well. I'm not moving right now, so I don't want to interrupt. Kind of the internet, kind of call thing that we got going on right now. Right. I don't want to. Yeah, I'm not moving either. <laughs> um, uh, for a little backstory, it's... we how many times have we tried to do this? Five. This is our fifth attempt to get this interview. This is our fifth attempt. This is our fifth at attempt recording, at yes. recording. This is our third actual like full interview attempt, right? Is this it? Yes. yes. Yeah, we've had we've had. Now,
0: this is such a unique situation. We've actually had uh, two full interviews recorded, and then the first time we got to the end, and the, 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 the I don't know. The universe was against us and just shut it shut down. Shut it down. And the files were no nowhere oh, to go be found. On. We found
1: and that was a good one too like we were really witty and we were really entertaining and it was like like I think people would have really liked us on that one that was a solid I, one I, I thought
0: that was a that was a fantastic episode Beautiful.
1: and then so so
0: then time two I got ready to we got it recorded I got the files back and so I should give people a little bit of a backstory. Back in the day when I started this, and now I am starting to do this again, I would actually listen to the entire episode of every episode again. Um, but after a while, I got really tired of hearing myself, like really, really tired of hearing myself, and so I stopped doing that. I just, you know, I would get the intro correct and the outro correct, and I, and I was good, and there was no problems. But this time, I noticed. Um, right towards the end of the episode, I was like, hey, there's no sound on that part. What's the deal? And um, this is like right like the – like I'm editing it and I'm going to post it like that day. And I'm like, oh, there's no sound there. And there wasn't. And I thought, well, I can edit that. And so I, I fixed it up and then I went, I better
1: scan back through this real quick. And there were gaps everywhere. Gaps. And I have no idea it, why. No, i just couldn't handle <laughs> – like the intensity and awesomeness of actually what was conspiring during that interview, right? Is that what happened? And That's so,
0: true. I mean, it was pretty It was pretty epic. Well, you know I, there were some epic there topics. Was some, like
1: the first time, right? I think it was just I had my wallet stolen, right? And then I had to find my wallet, yep. which actually worked <laughs> out. I ended up oh, – it was uh, these two girls from Australia ended up finding it, and I spent like the whole day drinking with them in a bar. So that actually worked out. The next time, there was a fire, right? There was a fire where you were working.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, where I was at, there was a there was a fire across yeah. the street, and everyone was kind of standing out there looking at it. And I was like, "I don't know what's going on, Jay, but I probably need to go figure out what's on fire yeah, yeah. and uh, what I need
1: to do about and it." And then we
0: were—I didn't end up having to do anything, but it was a it was a weird situation. It was weird. Well, so...
1: when there's a like a fire like raging across the street, there like you know you kind of have to put a couple things on hold, right? That's just kind of. That just goes without saying.
0: I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to be on fire. <laughs> exactly. That was really what...
1: <laughs> and we were supposed to do it uh, at, the, at the Tacoma Guitar Festival. But we just... I think we just got too busy with just being at the Tacoma Guitar Festival to actually even yeah, think about it. Yeah, there was just a it lot just, going on. It was on. too much. And I
0: kind of was tied to the booth and, yeah, you were th- and whatever. I see it was good so. for
1: me. I was, I was kind of like floating and just like, like purchasing. I was like just enjoying that moment for myself too. So it actually worked out. But this is the one i'm feeling i'm feeling kind of confident about like my confidence level is like a solid 83 but it's like a really ooh that's 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 good right that's like an intent it's a solid it's not like a loose 83 it's like i'm it's 83 but it's like an 83 out of a thousand or no, no, that's a hundred man it's, it's a b it's a, it's like it's oh, okay. a b plus man i have a b plus <laughs> oh. kind of like hope in this interview <laughs> <laughs> but gonna, I'm looking forward well, to, plus we got all kinds of i'm looking forward to kind of telling <laughs> the same stories again so that and, and then seeing like right your well, response. let's get those yeah, out of the way. exactly because like you know it, it's like every time i tell you the same story like the excitement level kind of diminishes a little bit right <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm trying to like attack <laughs> yeah. the same stories from like different angles right just to keep it fresh for you you know what i mean
0: Yes. Well, it seems every time you do you do it, you do have new. There's a new angle of the story that I didn't catch the first time. So yeah, let's start with your musical backstory, and and we'll get into the border story. Border story. We'll get into. uh, Well, then we'll get into. Bill Finnegan and, and yeah, and all let's that, do that stuff and okay, all right,
1: all right. So um, mm-hmm. okay, how, do I, how did I usually start this? I start this with uh, when I was a kid. Right. <laughs> I was a yep. kid yep. and we had an <laughs> aunt with a mixtape, right? And then the mixtape uh-huh. was like the perfect 90s mixtape. It had like, you know, the Millie Vanilli girl, you know it's true. And uh I think there was some Jet Jackson, you know. And uh and then the, side A ended with Paula Abdul's Forever Your Girl, which is still one of the greatest songs ever written. And then on side B was Peggy Sue by Buddy Holly, which was like the one kind of odd duckling in the whole tape. And Peggy Sue was like that was my jam. I thought That song was just the bomb. And then when you actually see Colin J., or not Colin J., I'm thinking of Buddy Holly, you see Buddy Holly has like these big. Horn rim glasses, he just looked like the quintessential nerd. And that I had like big glasses, you know, I was like an awkward kid. And so like he literally was like the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. So I got really stuck into that, into like 50s culture, like you know, the old black and white horror movies and and watching like the old Zorro kind of remember that? you ever watch the Zorro like black and white show? No, that, that was oh, like, yeah. like an awesome show, right? For sure. It used to be played on like the Disney channel or something like that when I was at home. But I was like totally into that kind of thing. And that that kind of culture and uh that kind of led me you know into guitar my my grandparents were moving out of their place they had this like old cheesy classical guitar with like action about as you know like it was like the you know high like high action like I think I had to put like weights on my fingers Mm -hmm. just to make a a chord right (laughs) and uh but I got it and then my dad taught me like three chords and then I played the same three chords like all day, recess, lunch, and dinner. Take it to the school. Uh, it was getting so bad that like I think my, my during like one of the teacher interviews, my teachers were, like you know like hey, you got to get this kid to stop bringing his guitar to school because it's it's getting creepy and it's getting weird, and he's being not social. But <laughs> it was bad. keep on, I was horrible. I was like the I, I knew three chords and I it was like love somebody. I was playing that song and I just like milked it. And but through that I learned all the Buddy Holly songs and that kind of what got me into the whole guitar kind of world right so i did guitar through high school and uh you know uh and play in a couple bands uh we had some really awesome names uh sinking to the top with one solid band name or batteries not included you know, these are like the really pro <laughs> the pro band names, but I, you know i thought i was a total rock star you know like we we had the like the high oh, school yeah, kind of talent competitions and i'd i'd be the guy with like the like the native american like Shirt with like the tassels and like the topaz, and I had like a fedora <laughs> and a pair of like l- like my dad. My dad's the best because he actually like pennied up and got me like a pair of leather pants. But yeah, but like these were like <laughs> yeah. like you know early two thousands era leather pants. So like that was around the time where like skater punk was really in. So they were like baggy leather. So
0: it was pants. like
1: le- like leather like leather pants by James. Yeah. <laughs> It was like you know, it was like a step away <laughs> of having like cargo attachments to it. Like they were like bulky, like nasty <laughs> leather pants, but they breathed well because they were so baggy. But that was it. I ended up going to college, um, in a school in uh, the states uh, in Boston called Berkeley, and I did the uh, four year program there, or no, five years. I was there for five years, and I did a double major, and uh, I uh, I worked part time. I, I worked for the video crew. That's kind of how I learned how to. Work with the video and kind of manipulate all that kind of thing, and uh, you know I, I whoa hey someone's passing by my apartment it's someone I know look at that anyway um I, sorry I got distracted <laughs> I, I looked out my window and there's a guy I saw at my window and he's someone that does not live anywhere close to me like he's like in the other side of town but he just like crossed by my window that was anyway. Where was I? What was I talking about? I got so excited. <laughs> see, I kind of like, I had this inner urge to run out and say hello, but I'm holding myself back now. Uh, oh, yeah, so I was in college. I worked at the Video Crew, and that's kind of where I, we kind of, it was awesome because I got to see all these great kind of uh, performers and all these visiting artists, and uh, we got to film it and kind of learn how to do on-the-fly on, on the fly editing and titles and all that stuff, and I also uh, worked part-time um Uh, At this guitar store called Cambridge Music, which was like the perfect like Boston style like guitar store. We were all a bunch of jerks and we were all like jaded, but it was it was awesome. Uh, (laughs) One of the guys, the guy who invented the Klon, uh, Bill was uh, he used to come by Mm -hmm. all the time and I actually got my Klon from him. I you know, like this was like before the Klon was like the Klon. You know, this is, this is around the time right. like the Kwan was just like a really, really cool alternative to like the Tube Screamer. It was like a more natural and more intense kind of Tube Screamer than when you turned it up. It was kind of like a treble booster. It was like the coolest thing ever. And so that's where I got my, uh, my treble booster kwan kind of bite from him. And uh, after that, I lived in Montreal mm-hmm. for a little bit, uh, in and out of New York, moved back to Vancouver, and then from Vancouver, um, I was uh, I kind of got a connection with this this uh, group, this band, uh, that ended up taking me to uh, uh, Macau, which is kind of like the Las Vegas of Asia. You know, so it like you know, it has like the Venetian and the MGM, and it has this, and it's like it's like intense. It's a lot of money. It's crazy atmosphere. It, it's yeah, it's like Las Vegas. And we were playing at the Venetian. The Venetian had like a nightclub, right? And so we were the band. We played there right, like from ten p.m. to gosh, like four in the morning or three in the morning, right, depending on the day. And it was absolute chaos it was a a great time you got to see like the craziest selection of people when you're like playing in you know a nightclub in the venetian hotel in macau um but uh through there i met up with this uh pop singer from hong kong of all places named sandy lamb and uh uh, she kind of saw me playing she thought you know she really liked my sound so, you know, one day I go back home I'm in Vancouver, I'm playing with a bunch of bands in Vancouver doing recording stuff and, um, you know, uh, kind of get my, and I get this phone call or no, it wasn't a phone call. It was an email and it was like a sketchy email. It was like one of those emails that you immediately just delete, you know, like, cause it's like the email name that the email was signed for. was like different than the name on the email address. You know what I mean? So it'd be like, you know, like, like oh, weird. Nick at image entertainment. And then the signature at the end of the email was like Pete. You know, you're like, oh, wait a minute. This is <laughs> this is like some kind of scam where I end up getting kidnapped or something. But it was like, oh, we belong to you know Sandy Lam, and she's a pop singer in Hong Kong, and she's doing this worldwide tour, and she's doing this big DVD release on uh, um, you know, and we want you to be a part of the video and the and the tour. So I was like, at first, I was like, well, this is obviously just lies. This is obviously like, you know, (laughs) because, you know, this was like Hong Kong is, it's a little bit different how they do things in Hong Kong. And you have to keep in mind, there's like Cantonese sites and there's Cantonese things. So everything just seemed really just weird. And it didn't seem quite right. But, you know, I was like, you know, I was like, hey, whatever, you know, I'm young, let's go do it. And, you know get there so you know they get my thing and they you know they book my flights and everything like that and i'm in the, I'm the in the airport you know on the airplane just thinking like you know this is it man i'm gonna walk out of this thing and i'm gonna get kidnapped and no one's ever gonna see me again and then my parents are gonna have to come up with like a bunch of money and then there's gonna be a thing and i'm gonna be on the news but then i was like yeah, hey, if i get on the news that might be good promotion <laughs> for me so it might actually work out right. so <laughs> and, it, and it ends up it was actually legit and uh we did the uh, we did the we started off at the hong kong coliseum we filmed uh, the, the kind of live concert video there and it kind of led me in this world of the hong kong music scene and before you know it i was kind of playing with a bunch of different artists kind of connected to the scene Hello.
0: Okay. Okay. This is uh this is getting ridiculous, Jay. This is, yeah, this I'm, is nuts, man. This is a little crazy. Let's just this be is... let's just be honest with everyone, and we're not gonna sugarcoat it. Um, our conversations are obviously too good for the internet. It's because too good. It it's ju- too good. It just shut down again. <laughs> and and now we're revisiting on Jay's third phone.
1: On my um, third yeah. We did one to, on the Samsung, and then we did one on the iPhone, and now mm-hmm. we're on a OnePlus One phone. So there you go. If this works, yeah. that will be like the ultimate advertisement for the OnePlus One phone.
0: I guess. I guess. I mean, I always just am using an iPhone, and it's, it's fine. And I actually – I just recorded one a little while ago, just earlier today, and it was – there was no problems. It just – Really? This it is, was this just is, exactly how it's supposed to be.
1: This is, see, this is a me thing then. See, this has to be a me thing – Maybe it's like a Canada thing because like you're in the US and I'm in Canada, right? Maybe it, it's like a- I have
0: I've wondered that before because everyone else has been in the US. I've honestly wondered if there's some sort of weird government conspiracy trying right. to keep me from
1: speaking with canadians yeah maybe is is the wall that you're building kind of killing the, the phone <laughs> frequencies i'm not building it between, no. <laughs> 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 okay all right so wait, so what were we actually talking about when it all so died
0: right before it died you were talking about the your um your on-stage antics and how you were lowered in like an alien embryo sack. Down I, see, to the I wasn't stage. lowered in.
1: I did the walk. See, I was walking in and then like there's like this big, there's like these pods kind of things and I kind of show up on them and I kind of like do a couple circles around and then at the song ends, the stage descends and I, I like disappear from the view of the people. But oh. the dancers come in the beginning of the show on these like green embryonic sacks that, like, <laughs> that rise from the sky and lower onto the stage where they emerge like these amoeba. Like It's it's very artsy. You have to be right. an artist to understand it, obviously. But, oh, I guess. Or something. You have to be something to get it. I don't know what you have to be. <laughs> it's a Hong Kong thing, maybe. But uh, yeah, so... <laughs> Needless to say, that t- the tour, you know, visually and musically went really, really well. It was a blast, and it kind of really opened the doors for me. I got really involved in the Hong Kong kind of music scene and playing with all these different kind of artists and uh, getting to meet all these really great musicians. Uh, we got to tra- I talked about the travel. I talked about the traveling in this take because I talked for like. 30 minutes before I think No, right? no, we didn't get to the traveling. Yeah, so we try yeah, we the, the tour actually went on and we traveled all over Asia and uh all over like, you know, we we like, we started off at the Hong Kong Coliseum. And, you know, we went to Malaysia and Singapore, all the all the way to the States. We did the MGM Grand Arena. Uh, we did the Caesars Palace Coliseum in Las Vegas. We went to London. We did the Hammersmith Apollo in London. So it, we played in San Francisco. So we, we kind of, you know, we did the rounds. And it was like a, a, an epic kind of like two-year kind of tour that really kind of got me into this. And from there, I kind of met some artists and started kind of collaborating with different people. Uh, there's an artist there named Gene Kung. And uh, I did a lot of music for his uh, recent album, which seems to be doing really, really well and uh, which has been great. And uh, yeah, so I've pretty much been kind of going between that and Vancouver. And I guess not too long ago, uh, Rufus Guitar Shop, which is a local shop in Vancouver, they were uh, kind of redoing their whole store, bringing in all these like boutique companies high-end stuff really nice like Callings guitars and like the really cool stuff and they wanted a, a guy to do a couple demos so I thought oh, it'd be kind of fun to test myself and see if I could actually pull that off and do that right so mm-hmm. um, I did a couple of those videos and it really kind of worked out and it was great and uh, kind of started this whole thing before you know it I had GHS and Keeley who's been absolutely fantastic and now wampler we got benson it's like uh it's it's really kind of getting bigger and bigger bad cat and all these things and uh yeah it's kind of getting away from itself and that kind of takes me from i guess the beginning to now that's kind of right the, right it's been the train yeah that's a that's a pretty wild trip
0: like i mean that's a that's a pretty unique Uh, story from anybody's perspective I don't think I've I've never talked to anyone who even knows any Hong Kong pop stars let alone somebody who's toured the world with them so yeah Uh,
1: I can't even speak Cantonese to be honest with you I I can't I'm like I don't speak any Asian language whatsoever I'm I'm like very English (laughs) so all I know is when I leave the hotel I have like a card with the name of like the hotel I'm staying at and I just present it to people like just randomly right I mean, uh, that's kind of how i get around
0: you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be such a trip to go somewhere and literally not have a clue what's going on like yeah. i mean you do it a little bit but like like somebody's could be insulting your mother and you would have you just nod and say yes uh-huh
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah i'll take it yeah of course uh, well yeah. luckily in hong kong at least a lot of people speak uh english It's like kind of you know it's very kind of you know English and you know you know people drive on the left side of the street so it's like Mm -hmm. the the culturally there's a lot it's very very different than China Hong Kong is its own kind of thing and it's very Western and it's very kind of you know there's a lot of money there it's actually quite safe it's really great there but once Mm -hmm. you get to China things get a little bit kind of weird and a little bit you know a little bit more nerve-wracking like um uh you, there's no facebook there's no youtube in china uh right I, I remember when we used to play in the stadiums there like it'd be full and you could tell the people are digging it but it's like relatively kind of quiet and i remember in, uh, and then i looked out in the street and i realized they were like kind of like army officials or like these these cops or some, whatever they are like kind of lining mm-hmm. the rows of the uh the stadium, and they're like, you know, you guys can kind of dance and do your thing, but like you can't. After a while, they'll kind of tell you to calm down a little bit, so it doesn't get wow. too. Wow. Yeah, it's really it's weird, and there's no toilet paper in the washrooms, which is something I had to learn the hard way. Yeah, you have to bring oh, your own toilet wow. paper, and you have to bring your own hand sanitizer, and like to, to like wow. to big public venues like a stadium stuff. So that was like oh, a, little weird. Weird. Yeah, yeah. a little bit weird. Yeah, it takes a little bit of getting used to. But that's why, like, if you ever have that, like, uh, friend from Asia, and he always seems to have Kleenex in his, like, uh, his wallet or in the purse, that's probably because mm-hmm. they're just the way it was, I guess. I don't know. Wow. That's a trip.
0: So, yeah, you mentioned things get a little scarier. You have quite yeah. a story regarding that. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> you, we have to get this story out to the people. We have yeah. to.
1: <laughs> well, okay, so in order to go to China, you need to have a special visa, right? So uh, the visa allows you to go to China two times. Right. So you can go in, you go out, you go in, you go out, you're done. You have to get a new visa. And to get the visa, it's like, it's like a, like a couple day process. If you want to do it like the regular way. So you kind of have to go there, get your thing within like three days or something like that, pick it up and then go. So anyway, uh, and the way you know if you use it up is like every time you enter, they put like a little check mark to show, okay, he used one and you put check mark mm-hmm. to show to use two. So anyway, we're doing the tour. And of course, it's, it's never like, lit like you know you'll be in non you'll be not in china and you'll be in somewhere else and you know i I, i'm my geography is like the worst i don't know if i'm in china or if i'm in you know france it's like all the same to me it's like it's just really kind of blend because all i see is like airport hotel and like arena and they all kind of look exactly the same right so like I, i evidently ended up the math worked out that i was in china twice already but they only there was only one check mark. I guess one of the guys forgot to put the check mark. So I actually entered like it was like Guangzhou or Shenzhen. I forgot what uh, place in China it was, but I went there with a passport that was full and I couldn't go in. I had no active visa, so I go in there. I'm in the line, and I'm kind of like you know trying to you know get in, and all of a sudden like I can't go, and he's talking in Chinese. I know I can't speak, I can't speak Mandarin. I have no clue how Mandarin works. So they get, so they get in like. It's an the, orange. Yeah, it's, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so they get in like the tour manager. And, like, they're talking, and I'm, like, I'm getting context clues of, like, what they're talking about while just, like, nervous everywhere, like, just not knowing exactly what is going to happen. And, like, they're talking about, like, yeah, he has no visa, what is he going to do? And, like, there was talk about... Me having to, like, sleep at the airport, take the first flight to Beijing and have to go on this line and get this specialty thing and then fly back. And then I'll have, like, an hour before the show. And, like, no, that's not going to happen. Like, never right. works that way, right? So, uh, eventually, there was, like, some, like, quiet whispering and, like, things, like, going behind the scenes. And somehow, through, like, the luck of just something, the, the, the dragons or whatever, I find a way... <laughs> They, they take me aside, they take my passport, and they start working the computer to make it work. I think they had to bring mm-hmm. in Steve Jobs to come in, do some, like, programming on the computer <laughs> to make it work so that I would have, like, this, like, somewhat semblance of a visa. So I went in there, and as a thank you, we got, like, you know, the, the immigration officer or whatever that was kind of, like, really instrumental in helping it work. We got him like tickets to the show. He goes to the show. He's with his wife or his girlfriend. I don't know what it was, but it was like, you know, lights and dancing. And then like, oh, look at the the pretty girls and the good looking guys. And then we take them backstage and oh my god, it's the stars and those, you know, sticker pictures and whatever. Everything's just fantastic. (laughs) Everyone's in a great mood. We have a blast, you know, oh big guitar hero. I'm like, yeah, and big handshake. We we think everything's good. I go to sleep, you know, in the hotel. We wake up the next day to go back to Hong Kong. I get out of the bus. And then the first thing I see when I leave the bus is this like official, the same guy, only he mm-hmm. has like a couple other guys with him. And they kind of point at me, like, you grab your stuff and come with me. Right. So I'm like looking at everybody. Right. And I'm like really nervous, like, oh gosh, it's like, this is it. I'm going <laughs> to be one of those guys that disappears in China. And all yeah. my friends are looking at me like, oh my God. He's gonna be one of those guys that disappears in China, right? So I'm like, grabbing my guitar, I'm like, he was never heard from again. (laughs) Never heard from again. I'm like, you know, I'm doing like the slow walk, you know, like the walk of shame to the group, and I disappear. (laughs) The band's they're going like, okay, well, this guy's obviously dead, so let's move on. I guess you know they start looking for another guitar player or something, and uh, they take me in, and so there's the lineup, right? And so you know you have to kind of get scanned and everything like that. The guys take my bags and they take me and I just walk past the line. It's like this huge line of people. I I just walk past the line. I'm like, oh, wow, this is okay. okay. And then they take me into this room. And up to this point, I'm still kind of going, okay, what's going to go on? Once I get into the room, it's like a deluxe room. I think it's like one of those rooms that like all the high-end whatever, because there's food and there's like whiskey and there's like leather seats and it's like gorgeous and it's wonderful. And they go, stay here. And I'm like, okay. So I sit down <laughs> and I myself up, you know, just rocking the dumplings, just rocking through the dumplings and just having oh, yeah. an absolute, yeah, of course, right? <laughs> having a great time, you know, I'm sitting right. And before you know it, they, they come back, they present me, with their uh, their passport. And the passport has like this new shiny visa for me so I can go back to China anytime I want. And then they have this package and I open up the package and it's a training uniform for, I guess, the Chinese police or the immigration, whatever,
0: in right. my
1: size. So now I have this like training outfit. So I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is I put it on, we're taking pictures, we're having a blast. Because at that point I realized that they're not going to murder me, so I'm like really happy, and they're like super friendly, like <laughs> the nicest people, the nicest people you ever meet in your life, like you really. And then you know they they, they escort me to like the my my seat, and I'm in this beautiful seat, I'm having a great time, and I'm you know I'm talking to the um, you know talking to the music director, and the music director is like you know only you can go to China with an invalid passport and just come out smelling like roses. Because it was yeah, no kidding. surreal kind of, uh, you know, traveling experiences ever. But yeah, no, that, that's that's kind of China in a nutshell, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that that story doesn't really I've heard it that, you know, three times now and it still
1: brings a smile to my face. Like, it's just like that <laughs> is so nuts. I know, I think about it, it's like one of those stories, like, you know, like, when you become a grandpa and you tell the stun stories over and over and over again, that's mm-hmm. going to be my story that I'm just going to tell over and over and over again, because oh, it, it of never course. gets old. Well. Well, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one yeah, to have. It's a good icebreaker, I guess, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So... Well, since this is a gear podcast, maybe we should yes. try to talk about gear a little bit, a little bit about the gear.
1: Okay, all right, bring it yeah. on, bring it on. Yes. Yeah.
0: So we got lots to talk about. We've talked about gear quite a bit between the two of us at the, at this point. Um, but what? Let's 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 do something that I've not asked
1: you. Here okay. we go. Well, this is yeah. weird. I don't I don't feel comfortable all of a sudden.
0: Oh, All right. no, 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 bring get, it on, bring it on, get, I'm ready. Get, get I'm ready. cozy, You're, you'll be I'm fine, closing. you'll be fine. Okay, All Now, right. this, is not, this is not a fair question, because I would, I myself would barely know how to answer this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm not a fair man. Oh. Uh, so what is your favorite pedal that you've played to date?
1: It doesn't oh, matter favorite. what kind it is. Oh, my God. Jeez, uh, okay, see, you just kind of like threw me right out there, right? Well, right. there's pedals that have been with me through thick and thin, like that mm-hmm. i've had for generations and years and years and years and years like my uh one of the first presents i ever got uh from uh, um, a, a guitar related was a proco rat like one of those old uh ones with the weird chip that seems to be important right i have one of those yeah. and i've had that forever and the other one is this wawa pedal um the, the vox wawa pedal you mm-hmm. know um that i got in the same christmas it was like the best christmas ever and um that's been with me since day one. It's been gutted. Like, uh, there was a very famous uh, wah-wah pedal company called Tease. I think it's called Tease, and they had, like, a model of wah that was awesome. But it had all these knobs, and I don't like knobs. They kind of frighten me. Mm-hmm. So um, I I, uh, I kind of picked all my favorite settings on it, and then I just hard, like, found a resistor that was the right value or the capacitor that was the right value and just hot-wired it and then moved the whole guts into that Vox wah. But that, that wah... And those proco that proco rat has been with me since like the beginning, and it still finds its way on the board. But I don't know pedals in terms of actual pedals. Does do like amps count as pedals? Like does that? Well, does that... I have an
0: amp that I that I turn <laughs> into a pedal. But you know, uh, but yeah, you you have a unique situation going on. So yeah, tell them about that. But
1: well, I don't know. Like in terms, well in terms of amps, uh, I, I think I, I I I don't actually. I'm not much of a pedal guy. I like which is weird because I review a lot of pedals. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe I just lost like 14,000 subscribers. So I'll be at negative 14,000 subscribers after this. Uh, Yeah,
0: Jay, we're going to need to send you to send those back now. Yeah, we need to Uh, send those.
1: uh, Yeah. um, So, uh, but no, uh, it it ended up, uh, it's, uh, what do you call it? I love pedals. They go go in and out, but I'm actually more of an amp hound. I love guitar amps. I just, I'm Mm -hmm. addicted to them. And I always, i always reading about, you know how people go on, they're reading about, okay, what's the tube screen where I'm going to get? Like, yeah. what's the variation? I'll, I'll be on there going like, hey, what's the, like the basement blonde, the blonde basement clone that I want? Or do I want to know So I really like, like one of the best amps I ever, ever heard was uh, an amp by 65 amps called uh, the Little Elvis. Have you ever played one okay. of those?
0: no but oh, i've
1: seen them i know what you're talking about it's so good it's like oh it's 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 like christmas in a box and like when you play <laughs> it like like sprinkles and candy canes just come right out of the speaker it is oh, absolutely gorgeous it has a boost function which is completely useless and the trims and eh, whatever it's tr- you know whatever i love trem, but it's okay but this yeah sto- like the actual tone is just Oh, unbelievable. And it, it is one of those amps, though, that you can't... I don't like to use overdrives with it. Like, it doesn't really work with a Klon or a Tube Scream or anything like that, because mm-hmm. everything is voiced just right. It's definitely one of those plug-and-play kind of amps. If anything, maybe I'd use, like, a treble booster with it if I wanted to kind of take it to the next level, or something particularly transparent, like a like a super hard-on or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. But... That, that, in terms of just like, you know, um, if I just want to just have a, a cable and put it into an amp, that that's, right as of right now, seems to be the one that I really, really, really uh, seem to relate to. The but, 65 uh, amps little Elvis. Exactly. Right. But in terms of like, you know, my, my go-to, it's always like a Fender blackface of some sort. And it's like, insert blackface here, depending on size of the room. So if it's small room, then it'll be like a Princeton if it's, like, a medium room, then it'll be, like, a Vibrolux. And if it's a big room, which it never is, but, you know, I'll use, like, a Super or a Twin. The Pro Reverb is killer because it's, like, a Vibrolux only with two 12s. That's yes. Cool. When no, one, no one talks about it. No one buys it, but it's, it's actually super killer. It's killer. It is time. really
0: cool amp. They're really fun. Yeah.
1: I know. But I don't know why you don't see them around. Maybe because they, like, weigh as much of a Twin, but they have, as like, half the power.
0: Right, I think that the people go well. You know, if I, you know, if I want to carry around an t- Abrams
1: tank, then I might as yeah, well just get a twin. Exactly, you know? exactly. So. But, uh, but I don't know. Uh, in terms of uh, pedals, uh, one one pedal that I really, really love is um, a pedal called a Jordan Boss Tone. Have you ever played one of those? No, no. You were telling me about it, and now I really want to. Yeah, it's like a fuzz. Only it's a fun, Have you ever seen those kind of like Dan Armstrong little squeezers? It's like a box that you literally have to plug into your guitar. Yes. Right. It's it's one of those. So like if you have a Strat, nope, not gonna work for you. Like zero. No, you're done. That that's not gonna happen. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but you can get it rehoused, right? And then and but but actually that is one of the coolest. It, it's if you if you had like a if you had to force me to pick the greatest fuzz of all time. That would be, that'd be my number. That would be my choice. That's the Jordan the, Boss Tone.
0: You Jordan Boss
1: Tone. Gotcha. It, 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 it's like almost like an overdrive. It's like an overdrive. It's kind of like, but it's like a fuzz at the same time. It just, it, and it, if you have like an, uh, the, I think Voodoo Labs like reissued it for like a brief period between like in the very early days of Voodoo Labs before they had mm-hmm. like power supplies in there and like LEDs. They had yeah. like the Voodoo Labs Boss Tone. And uh, if you get one of those, and then you get say like an exotic effects EP booster and you put it mm-hmm. after the boss tone and you put them both on at the same time, there's 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 very, very few things that match the joy you're gonna feel than a setup like that. It it, it, re- it doesn't get much better than that.
0: Is it like a, like kind of a, uh, I don't know, is it like a Velcro-y like classic style fuzz you or know, what?
1: It's, it's hard to describe. It, it's a two transistor fuzz, right? Um, mm-hmm. it's, and it, it's like, it's with an NPN and a PNP transistor. So it's like, it's kind of weird. They don't match, but, right. um, it, it's, it, you know what? It's almost like, it, it kind of reminds me of kind of a, a fuzzier version of a color sound overdriver. So it's, it's more mm. like a, it's almost like an overdriver in a way. And, uh, I think that's what I like about it. The color sound overdriver is another one of those like all time best pedals of all time. Like, so good. So the overdriver is so cool so oh, much fun right and it's useful you could like use it in so many different situations that's another one like i it, like i don't know like, i would take that over a tube screamer or put it that way in my rig i, I think i would too 99 yeah. percent of the time so actually you know, put that with the 65 amps little elvis oh my gosh you got something right there see now i'm getting excited <laughs> from where i am <laughs> I want to try. But it does have a little bit of that over because it's very tight. It's a tight fuzz, but it's not velcroy. It's tight without being. So it has a very tight onset of attack, but a, yeah. a, a, um, not the longest sustain, but enough sustain so you really feel it. Not, not Velcro-y at all. Um, and a very thick, a very nice harmonic content. It's a lot of high-end Um, on the upper scale so you kind of do lose a lot of the bass when you play it right but it's great especially when you're like playing in a band and you you need that solo sound it's it's just the best and it cleans up in a nice way too it doesn't clean up like a fuzz face it cleans up so that you get this clean tone that sounds like you're playing through like a color sound overdriver, which is awesome and then you roll it up and then you get havoc and like that's you can't beat that Yeah. yeah oh yeah i like that
0: um, mm, mm. I'm excited. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta find one. I need to oh. find one or have, or have somebody build me one or something. Yeah. Uh, or no,
1: try to find one of those like voodoo lab Boston. Ones. They like, they sell for super cheap and they sound awesome. They sound great.
0: Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be hitting the old Reverb. That's right, buddy. And...
1: Take it down. That's right, man. <laughs> 40 bu- best 40 bucks you'll ever spend in your life, man.
0: Right. Cause, and you know, that's what I need is more fuzz. Yeah, I, well, I, yeah, you know, exactly. Of course I do. I need more fuzz. <laughs> I have yeah. to have it. Yeah, my problem I'm, is
1: the compressors. I have like a compressor addiction. I'm really into those. You're starting to
0: sell me on that. I've never been yeah. a compressor man, but you and Wampler are really starting to sell me on the whole compressor
1: thing. And Wampler, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Something you should know, Wampler, he really knows tone. He has a really good set of ears. I know, I, you know, so he I've gets heard. overshadowed, you know, but, <laughs> you know, with his other abilities. But, you know, his, his you know, discerning ear is, I would say, one of his strongest traits. You know? Oh, yeah. So. That seems to be like what he does for a
0: living or something. Yeah,
1: Almost. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. But yeah. It's a weird he has, thing. He's amazing, but uh, I've never tried his Ego compressor, to be honest with you. But uh, I, I won't say no to trying out a new compressor for that
0: one. So you're a fan right now of the Cali 76, right? Cali
1: 76. Well, I'm a fan. I haven't tried it, though. I haven't tried oh. the Cali 76. That, that's, oh, gotcha. Oh, I have a list of two. Compressors that I've yet to try—that's been on my list forever. One's the Cali uh, Seventy Six, and and the other one is uh, the Keeley uh, Compressor Pro, which is uh, oh, that's right, that's that's right. So those two are the ones that I haven't tried, but they're like on my I need to try list because uh, um, they 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 represent exactly um, what I use compression for and what I like about compression. Because I actually put compression uh, near the end of the chain, like right before the delays and everything as kind of right. like, almost like a limiter, uh, just a smoothing effect so that um, I'm in complete, uh, so I'm in relative control of my gain stage. And then the, and, and it kind of helps my clean tone. It kind of tames some of the the weirder artifacts and like really raunchy fuzz. If you have a fuzz that is really peaky and annoying the hell out of you, you just put a little bit of a compression out of it and it will it will really make that, it will really tighten up and bring that fuzz back together you know um, it, it, it's, it's just the best or if you if you're a guy would like a pickup like pull piece scatter scatter that doesn't really match the output so when you play your guitar and certain you know strings sound louder than the others boom compressor all of a sudden your tone is just knopfler heaven it's the best oh boy and who doesn't want to be
0: there oh yeah I mean right? <laughs> that guy that guy's got it going on I mean oh, come on he's okay he's okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, on that album that he did with Chet Atkins, have uh, oh, yeah. you ever no. listened to that?
1: I've I heard. Remember what they I, call yes, it. I'm no stranger to that album, and of course, I can't remember the name of the album to be. What I could do, I could cheat and look it up on my computer, but I don't want to act like I know more than I actually do. But I do <laughs> know of that album. Yes, so, yes. So I, I heard a
0: really funny story about, like, you know, that there's like a little back and forth thing in there where one of them's like, "Oh, like." like Mark Knopfler says to Chet Atkins or one way or another, but it's like Mark Knopfler says like, yeah, you're pretty good, but you're no Mark Knopfler, you know? (laughs) Uh, And it's like a joke. And did you know the backstory to that joke? No. Or at least the the legend. I don't know if this is true. This is like rock and roll guitar player legend. So who knows? But the story goes that Chet Atkins was on a cruise with his wife and his wife said, you cannot bring a guitar with you on this cruise. Chet Atkins can't bring a guitar with me. He's like <laughs> oh. he's like, all right, fine. I won't bring a guitar with me. They go and they're having the cruise or whatever. And uh and there's a band on the cruise ship mm-hmm. and they're they're up there playing and whatever and, you know, the wife goes to bed and Mark's like, yeah or, or Chet, excuse me. Chet's like, uh, hey I uh, I'm gonna go ahead and sneak on over there and play some guitar with the band. And so he says, Hey guys, can mind if I sit in with you for a little bit and uh they're like oh absolutely no problem and so he kills it cuz he's Chad Atkins yeah of course and uh and he gets done and he's kind of walking off stage and some guy in the audience stops him he's like you know you're pretty good uh you're a pretty good guitar player but you're no Chad Atkins <laughs> and like to- totally straight face and that's why he plugs that Little thing on the uh, wow. on the record. Oh, there you yeah. go, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Damn like, he, and he's like, yeah, no, you're right. I'm I'm no Chad Atkins, and he just kind of wanders away. Like <laughs> 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 I so hope that story
1: is true. Oh, it has I really to be. really do. It has to be. It's too good to not be true, right? <laughs> yeah. It's com- it's like the border story. It's like the border story. Yeah, it'll be my yeah. legend. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so. Uh, I'm trying to think of things I hadn't asked you so we can keep it like fresh.
1: Fresh. Uh, so we don't ask and then what we'll do is we'll save, the like the conversation we had from before for some other day. Some deleted <laughs> behind the scenes Well we'll feign excitement over the answers again. <laughs> <laughs> so here's something I know okay. I didn't ask you.
0: Like who are your inspirations as musicians or guitar players?
1: Oh, that's a oh there you go. I like that answer. Uh or yeah, mm-hmm. that question. Um mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge fan. Well, obviously, Buddy Holly was like my first right. hero. He was I, I liked him just because of the simplicity of the sound and the guitar. And it sounded like I guess, you know, at that time, a guitar was uh, it was really into kind of like heavy, you know, grunge was like big. And so like it was like, you know, big fuzz, big distortion it was really mean sounding kind of like fat, full stuff. And it almost guitars almost kind of sounded like synthesizers or like really, you know, like machines. Whereas uh, there's something something about the the purity of that old guitar playing, you know what I mean? And you can mm-hmm. hear because it's so dry and it's so basic that you could actually hear the mistakes and hear the fingers. And I guess as a kid, I really liked that. I liked the the that kind of slight sloppiness about it because it made me feel like I could be Buddy Holly. You know what I mean? I think it's right. kind of a thing. So he was a big thing. But in terms of like guitar player, guitar players, um, uh, I'm a huge fan of like uh, Nile Rogers. He's kind of been one of those big influences in my life just because of uh, his kind of the, 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 the rhythmic aspect of guitar because um, I love solos and I love playing solos, but I really feel like the right hand is what gets you the gigs and the right hand is um, really what defines you as a guitar player. We all know how to play kind of the the right notes to say that Pink Floyd song. But, you know, can you attack it and can you touch it a certain way? And the way you attack and the way you touch it, that it says everything about you as a player. And I think now Rogers is, you know, he's just a rhythm player, a very basic guy. But come on, think about it. like how many, how many like iconic like let's dance you know what i mean like we all know get lucky which is like that new one and you know uh chic like la and all that stuff like how how to be able to come up with iconic guitar uh rhythms and iconic guitar ideas from the 70s all the way to now is just i think that's just you know you can't you can't beat that you know what i mean mm-hmm. for you know? sure um
0: in and terms that, of that oh go ahead oh no please please I just was going to say that that mentality, I think, really shows through in your playing, um, both on the demos and then what I've seen you do just at the at the show, you know, when you were testing stuff. It's very, and people have commented to me before about, like, it's very, like, the right hand plays a big role in how you play. And it's a really unique thing that a lot of guys do not do. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
1: Actually, the funny thing is, I started guitar relatively young, right? And... um When I first played, it was chord books, right? My dad had a chord book. And I remember um, it was actually like one of those like Hal Leonard, like black and white kind of things. And Mm -hmm. my mom played piano and I was working on my chords because they had the chords on top of the notes. And I was like, hey, mom, like, can you play the notes and I could play the chords so we could play together? And my mom said, well, you know, you could actually play the notes on the guitar. And that was actually like a game changer for me. Like you could actually play the notes one at a time. Cause like if you listen to the Peggy Sue solo, he's just strumming chords, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it was like, what? You can play one note in it? This is not. This is this is chaos. This is absolute right. chaos. <laughs> this you is I mean? This is too much. <laughs> so yeah, maybe it might be yeah. Like I really started off as a rhythm player. I cherish I cherish everything about playing rhythmically. And even when I'm soloing, there is always um, uh, sense. I, I I care more about what the rhythm of my right hand during the solos and I actually care about the notes because I find out if I have bad notes, I could just pass it off as me being a jazz player. But if I,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like, if I have bad rhythm, you can't eat like they you're gone. They, they know like anybody it's, it's like in the, in the, in the soul of every living person on earth that when they hear uh, music and they hear a rhythm, that's just not quite on it just immediately. Oh, well, that's not right. That's not right at all. And so I, I, I've always took a pride in, you know, the strumming. I think it's really fun. Right.
0: Well, it's funny that you bring that up because it's, it's something that, uh, that I actually struggle with. Um, the rhythm and yeah. Uh, yeah, my my bandmates all know exactly what I'm talking about right now. They're probably listening <laughs> to this and nodding and going, "Yeah, you do." Uh, yeah. It goes uh, back
1: to one after four, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like,
0: I just I never have really spent a lot of time developing it. If yeah. I focus, I got no problems. But my problem mm-hmm. is, I get I get kind of lost. Not. Lost like I don't know where I am, but like lost in the the thing, and I'm just a lot of the times when I get to that point, i'm just trying to murder my guitar anyway, yeah and so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like, and then I realize, oh i'm a little bit off there, uh you know, um it's just for some reason i i don't know it's hard to describe, but my I have a very weak sense of rhythm, and that definitely is something I need to. Need to work on instead of do? maybe researching the next fuzz.
1: <laughs> well, no, you gotta do that too. That's important as well. <laughs> but uh, no, like you no know what one thing that really helped my rhythm was uh I think I told you this story. Um when I when, when I first moved back to Vancouver, I got hooked up with this flamenco band. Oh, that's uh, right. And we had to we had to do like we had to go like to the Zawantaneo Guitar Festival and we had to play all these things and I got the call and I was green. And they go, hey man, I heard that you're the new guitar player in town. I need a I need a flamenco player. Uh, do you have do you play? And of course, like uh, you never say no. You never like i <laughs> never. That's like the worst thing you possibly can do. You say yes. You say always say yes. So mm-hmm. um I uh so I said yes obviously right not knowing what I was getting myself into. So you know um you know I just moved home. I had no money, no money. So like you know by the grace of my grandfather and my mother. <laughs> like <laughs> I convinced them to like take me to the guitar shop. I didn't even know, like, I don't know what, like, what, what what's like a flamenco guitar. What's the, I don't know what the difference is. Right. So I go in there right. and I'm looking for a flamenco guitar, you know, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. and then, you know, they, they got me one. I got like a, you know, it's just, like a, whatever, like a Japanese Takamini thing. Right. Which I still have to this day. And I went into like my cave, and I went on YouTube, which is thank you YouTube again. And I sat down and I taught myself over the course of like six days of just absolute focus and um, you know determination how to kind of play flamenco rhythms and kind of how to play flamenco guitar. And I'll tell you, by doing that, it completely changed the way I played rhythm guitar and and how I how I evolved as a rhythm. So if you want to kind of get sometimes the best way to get good at something is to approach it from a different direction. So instead of like learning how to play rhythm chops from like the same bands that you always listen to, try to develop rhythm chops from a different style of music and it bleeds over into your style of music and turns it into something ridiculous. Awesome. Right. So you could, uh, you know, give it a little flamenco a shot. It might help you out. I'm, I probably could.
0: I need all the help I can get at this point. Let's be perfectly (laughs) honest. So,
1: and you know what? You look really cool when you play flamenco guitar. That's true, too. You know what I mean? Well,
0: that's why we all got into this in the first place, right? Because everyone looks way cooler with a guitar strapped to them. I mean, obviously, forget about it.
1: Of course, you could like grow a mustache, and you could get you could be one of those guys with like the really long pinky fingernail. (laughs) <laughs> then you like get like a man bun and you could wear, you could like unbutton your shirt as much as you want. Like it doesn't matter. Oh so man. Now it you're talking about all the way language. down if you want. And then you play some flamenco guitar and you know what? You'll be a, a hero to just everybody. It'll just oh, be the best. Oh man, man. So-
0: I totally, if anything I can do to unbutton my shirt a little bit, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm game, you know. The world is opening
1: I... up to you for this, buddy. The opportunity oh, is there. <laughs>
0: there is a problem though.
1: Okay. What's the problem? I can't grow a mustache. Oh,
0: that's it. That's why I, I have the Amish beard. I would totally have uh, a full beard, but I can't grow a mustache. I have not a, a.
1: I have a very creepy. I have a very creepy kind of beard thing that goes on. Like it, it like it connects on one side, but it doesn't connect on the other side, which mm-hmm. is already really sexy. And then I have this. <laughs> all of you know, but I have really spiky kind of hair. It sticks right out, and it does the same thing on my face. So I ended up looking like a, uh, like a, like a porcupine. But the thing is, I remember once my, my wife for Christmas, she's, she's sweet. And she went to, uh, she wanted to buy me like this really nice uh, straight razor shaving kit. I shave with a straight razor. It's like how mm-hmm. we do it. So she got me this like old vintage straight razor and like this old vintage, like, you know, uh, lather, blah, 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 like really in this bag and it was like in this awesome case. And it was like so cool. But she wanted me to grow my like my beard out, so that way I could shave with it on when I received the. I think it was Christmas, or something. right? Um, when I opened it, she wanted me to shave with it. So for like four weeks, she was like trying to convince me that my beard looked really sexy, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was walking around with the most patchy. Porcupine like like mass murderer looking like Unabomber kind (laughs) of like 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 longer on the mustache than on the beard and like longer in the side than in the bar. It was like nasty. It was disgusting. Uh, And and the whole time thinking like yeah like yeah I'm the man like I'm owning I'm owning this right now. So after that, yeah, my dreams of uh, you know my hipster beard is gone. I would love to have a beautiful like full hipster beard, like man bun, you know, hanging out at a coffee shop without you know (laughs) without putting the cream and sugar because I'm just like so cool. Um, Right. But no, I'm just you know shaving and then I put the cream and sugar in the coffee. Yeah, no man bun.
0: You don't need the man bun.
1: You don't need the man bun. I do. No, I do. Nobody needs the man bun. Oh, nobody. It's a, good, it's a good, it's a blessing. It's a blessing, really. The yeah. man bun is? Oh, it's it's wonderful. Man bun's fantastic. Everything's no. fantastic. Yeah.
0: No, no. Not everything's fantastic. No. Man <laughs> bun's not fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. You know what? I know what it is. I think it's like, um, I like to be like a product of my time. Because I always think, you know, when like I think it was like when we were, uh, I, was, I was getting married and we were looking at different outfits and they get to wear this. They, mm-hmm. they keep saying the word timeless, right? I keep thinking right. like when my parents were getting married, I bet you like all the dresses and suits are like, oh man, well this is a timeless look, right? And then you look <laughs> at them now and they have like their Jerry curl and like, you know, like <laughs> the giant lapels and the like the baby blue frill. No, it's not. Nothing is timeless, you know. It ages unless it's like ancient Egypt the style is going to change especially in a like a you know big you know the, the way co- uh, not the economy but uh, the way that society like where we like to move things forward and progress at a fast rate so i like to kind of look at pictures of myself in like 2002 and go well that's that's 2002 J. that is very much so what jay looks like in 2002 and then yeah oh, i hear that very much so 1997 J. you know what i mean and so that way, when I look at a picture, I can always kind of shrug at myself and think about how scary <laughs> it was, you know? I think I got to
0: a point, I don't know what point that it was, maybe, I don't know, maybe six years ago, where yeah. I just, I got to a point where I was kind of like, oh yeah, this is the new thing that people do, and so I guess I'll wear that, and this is the new thing that people, I got to a point and I just froze. Yeah. Like, I, I, like I don't change anything, like... Uh, as soon as I I always wanted to grow a beard and as soon as it kind of like magically like happened was yeah like it, it it took a long time it wasn't until like a year ago then all of a sudden my wife was like hey uh you know what you could probably keep that like it would just have been a random couple of weeks where i hadn't shaved just f- by chance yeah and it was like i was like hey this actually isn't terrible
1: yeah. like yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably like the newest development other than that like i'm just like Where's my flannel? Where's my yeah. jeans? And uh, good old you know, dependables. Either... Yeah, uh, I don't. I just don't. Stray. I'm not that exciting. I guess. Yeah.
1: Well, I know there is something like when you put on like a nice suit, or like do you have like this is my nice jacket? And when you put on your nice jacket or your nice suit, you're walking around and you just feel like you like you own the universe. Do you ever have that like that feeling? You know.
0: I have that feeling, uh, in two, two, in two, yeah, <laughs> two things is one is when I got my nice, uh, Pendleton wool, uh, on, you know, I love me my Pendleton shirts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, and then the other two is, yeah, when I step on a big muff, that's, oh, that's yeah. the other thing. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man,
1: I remember the first day when I got my, like my first Telecaster and I remember like getting that thing and like putting it on a chair Right. And I was in my bed and I would just lie in the bed and just stare at that Telecaster like all yes. night. Like I wouldn't <laughs> sleep. And I was just looking at him like, that is so awesome. Like, I'm, I'm going to be like Albert Collins, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm so cool <laughs> with this telecast. And then when you put on the tele, you know, you kind of get, you look at your old guitar you're like, oh, you're nothing to me anymore. And then you kind of <laughs> you like look like in, in the mirror and you're like, oh, no, no, the strap's too low. No, no, the strap's a little higher. Yeah. No, it's yeah, too high. There it, it is. Lower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It, <laughs> oh, <laughs> There's yes. a, but, you know, if, you know, and, and people that go, oh, no, man, I just care about the tone and I care about blah, 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 blah. But yeah, no. Like there is there is, there there is something to having something that looks really cool, like a cool looking app, cause, uh, or like a oh, really yeah. cool pedal, you know but when we're talking about Caroline effects, right, where they had mm-hmm. one with the symbols, and they had one where it was written out, and everyone yes. said the symbol one sounded better than the one that had the words written on it, right, because there's a perception right, right? It's, it, it's confidence it's like the, the magic beans you know what I mean, or the Things, but uh you know, whatever means it takes, you know, to make it work, that, that's the way you got to do it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I love. I mean, I, the way something sounds is is super important to me, obviously. But I want it to. I want it to look cool too. And if if it's got some ugly graphic on it, I'm gonna be less inclined to want to a buy it and then b play it even after I own it.
1: Did you have like, you ever gotten rid of something? Uh, that was awesome because of something like superficial, like in terms of your gear. Um.
0: Well, I don't really get rid of stuff. So. Oh, you don't get I, rid I, of stuff. I, right? Yeah, I got rid of. You know, I've got rid of one guitar, and yeah, that was a mistake. I don't know. I don't really. I I I'm not. I I'm. I won't say that I never will sell anything, because at some point I'm either going to have to sell something or move. Um, (laughs) and that would be, that would be a little ridiculous. So, uh, wait for the great tone mob gear sale where it it sells off the whole collection. (laughs) Sale, (laughs) sale, (laughs) sale. Um, but Um, no, I really haven't gotten get gotten rid of anything because of something superficial. I've not bought things because of superficial reasons. I can say uh, that, but I've not gotten rid of anything.
1: So yeah, they're, they're like, say so you're between two things, and you you notice that one thing. Oh man, it has a green LED. That's cool. You're like, oh, I'm gonna go for the green LED one. Like you've done that right. before?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I've done that. So what I did, and I and actually now I kind of kick myself about it because it was a good price and it was a sweet guitar, um, but it was a 19, I think it was a 1963 Gretsch Tennessean. Oh wow. Um, and. I it sounded amazing, it played amazing. Uh it looked pretty good. Okay. Um it you know, but I had it had two strikes against it. For for one, I mean it was a, it was a decent price, but it was still a fairly expensive guitar um for me anyway. And so the, the two strikes of it were I had nothing but like warm woody colored guitars mm-hmm. like I had like a you know like a cherry Les Paul and then a sunburst Les Paul and uh, you know everything was either burst or or a wood color and this was a wood color like a walnut I think mm. I think that was the color and so I was like ah, I really want something different than a wood colored guitar not because I don't like them it's just I have nothing but that yeah. and uh, so that was one strike against it and then the other strike against it was the f holes. Were painted on on those models.
1: Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I, I never really
0: was into that either. No, I would have just, as, just assumed they didn't have them on yeah. there at all. Yeah. Oh. I, and then now looking back, I loved the sound and the playability of that guitar so much, I should have just got it. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was the, it was mostly like, it's a lot of money for me right now, and I don't
1: love the way it looks. Oh. So that's probably the biggest one. I'm pretty picky about, like, a color of, like, an instrument. Not because I like certain colors more, but it's because um, I'm colorblind. So, like, I don't don't know. Like, when I dress myself, I, like, have to, like, get a color wheel. And, like, I have all my clothes. I know exactly what color it is when I buy it. Mm -hmm. And I have to, like, match and do, like, it's like a matching game. You know, and it's like a lot of stress for me, just like living. Oh, wow. And, and like, they like just trying to get things so, so it works. So, you know, I don't look like a clown when I like go to a gig and everything like that. I, my, my old style was like, i dress up like, with a lot of colors and just hope that it matched like, you know, it was, it was like during like, <laughs> right. like, you know, you get like a pair of Jordans that would have like green and like red and yellow and purple and whatever. And then you can wear what I felt like I could wear whatever <laughs> I wanted. And then it would just match the shoes and I'd be fine. Evidently it doesn't work out that way. That's not really no, how it works out. Yeah. So, <laughs> it looked fine to you though. Well, thank you. Yeah. It looked great. Really yeah. So <laughs> when I buy guitars, I have to be very, uh, I, I, I guess I get nervous when I get a weird color, because I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if this is going to look weird or, if you know, people are going to think it looks off putting. And there's been a couple, like uh, there's this awesome, like orange callings guitar. That's really nice. But I'm like orange, who, what, how do you match orange? Like I don't even really understand what orange really is. Like the, I know the right. concept, I know the concept of orange, you know, but I don't really get orange. Right. So it kind of right. makes me a little bit nervous now. If I had, you know, if if it was money was no issue, oh, that guitar would totally be in my collection, right? Just sitting, right? You know, just being wonderful and orange. But the thing is, when I look at the <laughs> guitar, when I first saw the guitar, I thought it was um, like the heritage, like the cherry, like that you'd see on like SGs or like those mm-hmm. old three thirty fives. So when someone yeah. told me it was orange, it like almost was like a big strikeout against it. Like, okay, well, I don't know what that is, <laughs> and right. my brain, and my brain couldn't turn it into orange. Like, it just wouldn't. The click wouldn't happen. So I just could, I just couldn't do it. I was like, you know what, I can't do this. Like, it's overwhelming, and I'm scared. I'm just frightened. Right. Yeah. So, well,
0: <laughs> whatever method you're using to select color for guitar, you're doing a really good job because I've heard many people. Uh, when I talk about you or your demos or that you're coming on the show, they're like, "Oh, his blue Telecaster is gorgeous." Oh, I'm yeah. like, "Oh yeah, it is. It really I, is."
1: Uh, I love that blue Telecaster. Um, for years and years, like when I was uh, uh I, I had this 1968 blonde Telly with a Bigsby on it. it has the maple cap neck. Uh, mm-hmm. and that I think you've seen it in a couple videos. I do use it quite a bit. The only reason why I don't use it in more videos is just because the neck pickup is that brass, that old-school brass neck pickup, which mm-hmm. is, I, I actually prefer it to the modern nickel-silver uh, neck pickup covers, but it's such a specific sound that I didn't want to cloud people's opinion of the tone of the instrument uh, because uh, with, with the, the brass pickup, because, it, gotcha. it, you know what I mean? We're, we all know mm-hmm. what modern tele neck pickups are, are, and most people don't know what brass pickups sound like so it's better to go with nickel silver so i'm more true to the the pedal right for, for the of course music. so that's why i use the blue but i had this yellow guitar it was like awesome it was like this beautiful beautiful guitar um and I, I played it constantly and it was my it was the only guitar i really owned and it was my it was like my baby my baby baby and um i once had to play a show at um was it the mgm or was it Bellagio—it was one of those hotels in uh, Las Vegas. One of those big stage, kind of like arenay, like lots of people, and it was like a thing. And it was this big artist showcase. So there were like six, seven artists flying in, and the band. Pretty much, we go in there and we play. Uh, they, we have our sheet music, and uh, we get one rehearsal, and then we do the show. So it's, it's—you know—you have to know your parts, and you have to be on top of it. You got to be a good reader. You got to be right. You know, you have, to get, you have to have your stuff together. So um, I had to bring uh, a, a, my electric and my acoustic. I have this, like, Martin 0018, which is, like, the best acoustic ever made. And um, I, I had that, and I had my, uh, my Fender. And when I showed up in Las Vegas, the Fender was there, but the Martin was gone. It was nowhere to be seen. And uh, they ended up, they found it. It was in uh, San Francisco. Uh, And but I wasn't able to get it until after I got back from the to the show So that was so they ended up renting me this tailor and the tailor was set up for slide guitar Right. Oh, geez. I had to like we like after hours trying to go to a hardware store filing down the nut Like it was the most stressful experience. I was like devastated at the time Like I think oh my Martin's gone. I was like heartbroken like almost in tears and so when I got home yeah, uh, you know, uh, we, you know, my wife's just well. You know, you you, you got to get a new guitar, babe. You can't take that '68 anymore because that guitar is rare. And also, it's like, it's had so many fret dresses or or refrets that I'm almost mm-hmm. like almost right at the point where I'm running out of maple cap on the on the fretboard. So oh, it's wow. like you gotta you gotta you know I'm very like fisted. So you got to get another guitar, and that kind of led me to the blue telly. The blue telly is pretty much my '1960 it's a custom shop, and it's pretty much my 1968 Tele. Um, it has the maple cap neck. It has the, the old, like an alder body, and it's, it's great. Um, I switched the, the control panel backwards so I have really easy access to the volume, which is something mm-hmm. I do on all my guitars. I put uh, Gibson SG um, knobs on it so that way I can see the number where I'm at, which is really great. Oh, right. I, I, I like doing that because I like to know – especially when you're uh, playing a show and your amp's in a different room. And it's like a live show and you know you have your in-ears and you know e- 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 you know you're doing your thing sometimes it's hard to you know you know okay well my cleaner sounds here and then you can just go to it without thinking too much about it because you don't have that tactile response with your amp so i like having the knobs and the best mod that you could possibly do to anything with a bigsby has to be uh, that mastery bridge oh yeah which was uh which i i uh, heard about um i don't, I don't even know how. God, when you put that on, I, I I can't talk to anybody that owns a Jazzmaster or a Jaguar or a Mustang or a Bigsby Tele without saying, like, you have to get this bridge. It, cha- it changed my whole perception of Bigsby guitars and my whole perception of what the limitations and pros and cons of it is. And now it's like, it's on everything and it's the best. It's just, it's amazing. I can't talk more highly about it.
0: Yeah, I'm about to get my first mastery equipment guitar here pretty soon so oh, really oh that's uh, i'm pretty ex- I'm, I'm excited to to be trying it out uh it'll be in a little while oh, i'm so excited yeah. so and, it'll be uh, rad yeah.
1: And it was Lake Placid Blue just because uh, when I was a kid, uh, I used to take guitar shops and the, uh, lessons in a guitar shop and the guitar shop. Actually, it's funny. The, the lessons where I used to take my guitar when I was a kid is actually Rufus, which is the place I ended up doing demos for, which is funny. But oh, nice, they, nice. they had a Lake Placid Blue Telecaster like on the display when I was a student there. And I remember using having it was like hanging up on the wall and I would stand there and just pine over the Lake Placid Blue. It was like my dream. Guitar. So when, yeah, like Lake Pass the Blue was just that was like, that was just yeah, it was done. Yeah, like give it to me, give it to me. Mm -hmm. That's the way it's gonna be. Yeah, I love it. That's fantastic.
0: Well, Jay, I think we've actually made it to the hour mark. Like this is it. We've actually done it. This
1: is it. I'm really happy for us. This is awesome. (gasps) I can't believe it. (laughs) Ah, I'm so energized. (laughs) wow this is it oh my gosh
0: this this is the one well okay hold on wait wait a second we shouldn't get too celebratory yet because remember we thought we had it before and then there was those audio gaps yes yes I I'm gonna try to re, I'm I I'm, I feel good about this, but I'm gonna okay. reserve judgment until I can go back and actually listen to it and make okay. sure.
1: That... All right. All right. <laughs> no. What, so I'm just saying this right now. It's working and it's gonna be awesome. It's like and it's gonna be the best audio quality ever. Like just perfect. oh yes, just per- it has to perfect. It's gonna be and <laughs> from this point on, it's nothing but suits like smooth sailing for the rest of our lives. Like we're not right. gonna ever hit. Any bout like any problems? It's just easy going from here on out, man. Oh man, I like your I like
0: the way you think, Jay. <laughs> I do. I, I hope you're
1: right. I hope you're right about that.
0: That sounds amazing. So real quick to wrap things up, why don't we uh, plug where everybody can find you okay. on the interwebs and all that good stuff?
1: Well, great. Um, you can find me at uh, Jay Leonard J. Uh, com if you go on there uh, you will not find a website i had someone come out and just turn my website into some weird like spam naked woman thing so i had to take it down but it's uh, but if you go on right now until we get the new website it'll send you to my facebook fan page where i have all my update stuff uh, i'm on instagram it's j j on twitter it's j j uh and then i have my youtube page j j you can't you can't miss me so please come on by we have um, lots and lots of lesson things that I'm going to be doing. I'm going to, I am I noticed that people really liked this lesson video I posted. So we're going to do lots of that. We have lots and lots of content coming right at you. And I also like to make little um, music videos and stuff like that. So there's also music, there's demos, there's everything. It's it's a real blast. And uh, I know, and uh, right now I'm actually heading out. I got to do a clinic for Yamaha Guitars down at Rufus Guitar Shop in Vancouver. But I guess that's not going to mean anything because because <laughs> it'll already this is happened. not live this is not live but you know what I, I'm just, <laughs> but you know what it went well it went well okay so it, i can say yes. it. it went really well and it was a blast so there you go i'm gonna i'm gonna forget the future on that one
0: all right i like it so i'm gonna put the link to jay's youtube channel in the show notes for everybody you can go check it out there and uh yeah jay's got a surprise for you guys coming really soon too uh, that we yeah, won't talk anymore right. about. That's right. That's yeah. yeah. right. Uh-huh.
1: What could it be? I don't know. <laughs> when we, when <laughs> you start singing your answers, you know it's something really
0: cool.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can we harmonize?
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was nice. That was pretty. That was really good. <laughs> that was really good. Wow. Oh, sh- sure. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like what my kindergarten teacher would have said if I, like, you know, (laughs) was, like, missed the kickball or something. Oh, that's okay. That was really good. You did it. Yay. Participation trophy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Well, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up then. So, for Jay, I'm Blake, and as always, folks, good luck and good tones. There we have it! Oh, it worked! I'm so happy. I can't believe it finally worked. Fifth time's a charm, right? That's how things go. Okay, anyway, uh, thank you for tuning in this week. Um, It's always a pleasure to chat in your skull. That sounds weird. I should rephrase that, but I'm not going to. Um, Don't forget that Still Live is the Tone Mob Facebook group, and we're in there having a good time talking gear giving advice there's some much more intelligent people in there than than I so that should be your uh, your big motivation to get in there you can get your questions answered we can uh, we can talk gear we talk music in general um, and you can uh, join in the conversation and it's much more back and forth so tone mob Facebook group just head to Facebook and search the tone mob you'll see it in there so, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. And this week's code word has been Graham Cracker. If you're listening and you hear Graham Cracker, you know why. End of story. You know why. All right. It's been a pleasure. Talk to you next time. Don't forget to join the group and have a good week. One last thing before we totally sign off here I just want to remind you.